Well, we are so glad to have you here this morning. I'm Chrissy Thompson, our Children's and Family Director. And um, we're so glad that you are all here after a nice holiday, Christmas, and New Year's, and um, great to see you all back. So um, at Faithbrook here, we have a mission of loving God, loving people, and journeying together. And one way we can do that um, is through giving. So this last month, we were able to um, have one of our largest giving months ever. Um, so thank you for your generosity. We were able to get to $69,000. So your generosity helps us to move that mission forward and love others. Um, another awesome way you guys loved others last month was through food donations. Um, so we collected for our local Cross Food Shelf, and we were able to fill, you were able to fill, over two truckloads full of groceries to families. So those are some awesome things to celebrate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so great to see how you can love others and shine God's light. Um, in the Bible, it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, that God... Um, he wants to give, and it will be given to you. Um, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Um, so God is faithful, and we want to thank you uh, for your faithfulness. So let's now welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as he introduces our series, Five Questions. Well, I hope that you survived the holidays. I hope you had a good Christmas. Did anybody give some gifts? Hopefully you received some gifts. Uh, maybe there were some special gifts that you really appreciated. You're like, yes, I love that. I needed that. I, I kind of cherish that gifts. Uh, is there any gifts that maybe that you kind of blew off or you didn't open or pay attention to? Can you imagine that? Can, can you imagine there be still a gift somewhere in your house that was never opened? And just sitting there, and, and what is up with that? Uh, someone took the time to buy that gift, search for that gift, wrap that gift, and they maybe put it under the tree, and it's for you, and you just got busy, and you forgot all about it, and it's still sitting around somewhere in your home. Could that bug that person? Have you ever tried to really love and display something special for a friend or like a spouse? And let's say you're like, you know, this week I'm going to make dinner. I'm going to go out of my way maybe to clean the house or even maybe mow the grass, something, or, or purchase some flowers and put them on the, the kitchen table and, and wow, my spouse or, or my friend, family member, right? And, and what if that person's like, just didn't even see the flowers, Right? Didn't even mention that you went out of your way to cook dinner today or, or, or uh, clean the house or something. Would that kind of like bother you and disappoint you? Well, does God ever give us gifts that we don't recognize or appreciate or do things for us that we don't see? Well, welcome to our new year and our new series called Five Questions. It is a new year. I think maybe some of you might be optimistic about this new year. Some are probably, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, some of you might be going through a trial and, and you're a little discouraged and just really not uh, for this new year. Well, can I offer some tools or some questions this month that will help um, uh, grow us spiritually develop us mentally, and even help us to be emotionally healthy. And what I'm talking about is these five questions that Christ used to build his disciples, his followers, 2,000 years ago, 
And I have a feeling that if we developed and exercised these five questions, it also would mature and develop us as Christ followers, even help you if you're not even a Christ follower. Because I have a feeling that these questions, if we really uh, work them and, and learn from them, it can develop us emotionally and especially spiritually. So, so for the next five Sundays, we're going to look at the questions Jesus used to really penetrate and develop and, and mature his disciples or his followers 2,000 years ago. And I believe it will develop and even transform us. So the first question for the first Sunday comes out of John 13, and this is the, the setting of the Last Supper, where he presented the, the communion elements for the first time. But he also did something significant in that formal Last Supper setting. Now, John records it this way in the chapter 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and they had come from God as re- was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Now, he's going around the room, and he comes to, I like to call him Big Mouth Peter, right? And Peter is like, whoa, this is awkward, all right? Uh, Our Messiah, our leader is not the one to be doing this humble, dirty task of washing feet. Usually in that kind of banquet hall, there was an attendant or a servant that would kind of do that, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus realized there's not someone there, or he planned it that way, and he starts washing the feet, picks up this towel. And and Peter's like, no, I, I don't want you to do that. And Jesus says, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. But, but Peter is still uh, refusing. No, this, this is so humbling. This was awkward. And then Jesus says, unless I wash you, you will have no part of me. Unless I do this, you're not going to have no part of me. Well, that was, that was a game changer for Peter. He's like, okay, bring it on, right? Not just my feet washing, but my hands and my head as well. And then John writes, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And then here's the question. Jesus says, and it's our first question of the series. Do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand what I've just done for all you guys, right? Now, obviously, we're like, yeah, you you washed your feet. You you took a form of a a servant, and, and you did what they should have done, and you washed our dirty feet, right? Now, some of you veteran Christians, you're like, oh, pastor, but it's deeper than that. What Jesus was really doing, he's trying to model for us years later, all of Christendom, to to take up this posture, to take up this humility and find places where we can be the hands and feet and and really get into the trenches and love people and care for people. That's, That's what he's trying for them to figure out. Yes, this is true. However, I would like to submit to you that this question was bigger and more profound than just this significant act of humility and servanthood. In fact, I would say this question can be life-changing. Do you understand what I have done for you? If we really drill down and reflect on this question, do you understand what, what I've done for you broader than just this moment? 
it can change us. It can help us in our relationships. It can help us with our attitude, our perspective, and ultimately help us spiritually. And this is where we're going in this series. Now, I would suggest to you that in life today, it's very easy to get cynical and get down and discouraged. There's just a lot of things that come after us, right? You can just look at the news, look at the price of eggs these days. Uh, people disappoint us, right? And before you know it, man, we're, we're just kind of um, grumpy and, and irritable out there, right? Uh, a lot of times, spiritually, we can be so distracted in our fast-paced society. It's just easy to stay doing responsible things, and, and we haven't spent any time praying, reflecting on Christ. Uh, maybe we might make it to church, uh, and, and that's what our heart gets hardened. We start drifting away from God. However, if we practice this one sentence here, this one question, do you understand what I've done for you? It can help us. In fact, I think Jesus was trying to say to these guys, I want you to wake up to this question. I want you to use this question often. I want you to ask this question to each other because this question is going to help you grow spiritually and even benefit you emotionally. See, I believe God is doing things that we don't recognize. He's kind of like a father, a good earthly father that loves his children. Like many of you fathers this year, uh, maybe help buy some presents. Usually it's your wife to buy some presents. But you were involved a little bit, or you're a grandfather or a grandparent, and you wanted to give gifts. See, God is kind of like a, a heavenly father. In fact, Jesus spoke about this in the Sermon on the Mount, chapter 7, when he said, If you then, though you are evil, you know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Your Father in heaven. So if you ever hear someone pray or a preacher pray, um, Heavenly Father, this is where we get this concept. It's right out of Jesus' mouth in the Sermon on the Mouth when he, when he says God is like a Heavenly Father. Apostle Paul endorses this in Romans 8. He says we have such a, a relationship with our God that we call him Abba. It's like a daddy, a heavenly Father, our, our daddy. That's how much he, he loves us. And he's a healthy, functional father who wants to um, uh, bless us and, and benefit us. Could it be that God has been presenting gifts to us? Could it be that there are blessings and values that God is putting right in front of us, but we're just so busy not paying attention? It's like a present that didn't get opened at Christmas time or got shoved over in a corner in a bedroom or someplace, and we never took time to, to appreciate it and look at it, and, and what is it? See, James realized that, that God wants to give us gifts and does give us gifts. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heaven and light, who does not change like shifting shadows. Do you have anything good in, in your life? Do you have anything, any good sitting in your bank account, in your, in your garage, in, in your home? Do you have a nice, comfy a chair? Do you have a snowblower that works? Praise God, right? These can be blessings of God. How many of us take the time to open up and realize, hey, hey maybe God has done some really good things for us? And I haven't really appreciated or recognized these blessings. When's the last time we said, God, what, what have you done for me? And I, I need to just uh, uh, inventory this, my personal blessings. 
Now, the old timers, uh, they would come to church and you'd open up a hymn book. And in our tradition, you'd open up the hymn and there was a hymn back there called Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. Now, why did they write that hymn, right? Because a lot of times they know human nature, we're not leaning into our blessings. We need to take time to name them one by one. God, what have you done in me and through me? Is there anything, right, that, that we can see? I, I would suggest to you that we're not very good or proactive of recognizing the gifts and the goodness and the blessings that God gives us. And I think Jesus, this is what Jesus is trying to tell these guys. Do you understand what I've done for you? It's bigger than just washing your grimy feet, okay? There's a huge amount of long-term eternal blessings that have come your way. Try to find those out. And, and sometimes it just comes down to everyday blessings. For instance, how valuable are our family and friends? If you had an opportunity to collect your family over, over Christmas break, right, was that valuable to you? I know that every family's not totally functional, right? But there's something about being around grandparents or grandchildren and aunts and uncles or cousins come around, and, and there's some loyalty there, right? We're, we're, we're blood. And a lot of times in family that we can kind of be ourselves and yuck it up, and, and it's, a, it's a good time, right? That's the gift of God. God gave us family members, gave us kids kids and grandkids. It's a beautiful thing. What a gift. Are we recognizing that? Does anybody watching online or here have some friends? How valuable are friends? People that got our back. People that we can hang out with. Maybe you can go shopping with, giggle with, go hunting with, right? Some we just traverse lives with. These friends are gifts of God that he allows into our life. Could it be that there's, there's a blessing of just the church itself? How many have already been blessed this morning? You walk in here and there's a smile, people's face, right? It's a place of replenishment and joy in the house of the Lord. We need that so much. In, in the church of Jesus, there's a time people care. They welcome you. They appreciate you. You don't have to be all that right here. You are accepted right here in this environment or online. It's a gift. And the, the church teaches us. It challenges us. It cares for us. You know, God knows that we need some money. Does anybody have any money in their bank account, right? Have you been able to maybe go out to eat or, <clears throat> or buy, uh, purchase some gifts? And so that's, a, that's a blessing. That's a gift. Anybody get a promotion or, or uh, some, some leeway in their finances to have some pleasures in their life? See, I, I submit a lot of times we ignore that. We're just on to the next thing, right? We don't worship and say, oh, God, thank you for the little things. You know, over Christmas, uh, and maybe you had a chance to eat some, some wonderful uh, Christmas ham or, or have some cookies or have some eggnog. Kind of get an amen, right? For some eggnog, there are people like, eh. all right, right? These little things that we enjoy. God's like, yes, I'm like a heavenly father. Enjoy those things, right? Did you receive a gift, right? I, I received my watch and I received my little portable speaker, right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for somebody thinking of me and having the... the the finances to do that right? Have we thought back on God answering any prayers? Oh, you know, I've been praying for that person, and, and that person came through, and, and maybe that job opening or that friendship or, or, or um, some healings, right? God does give us some little blessings. Even he's, he's blessed the Vikings are going to make it to the playoffs. How about that, right? Small and big. Yes. Do you understand what I've done for you? Do you understand what I'm doing for you? 
And sometimes you're like, oh, yes, thank you for these earthly blessings, these little pleasures. I appreciate that and, and love that, but it can go much deeper. And Jesus wants us to think deeper, not just uh, on a surface earthly level, and even though they are important, but to go deeper with him. So when Peter was kind of refusing, said, you know, I, I don't want you to do this, Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Now that word wash is so key, wash. Unless I wash you. Are you talking about my feet? No, much deeper than that. Because Christ wants to wash us and cleanse us. And, and I have a feeling that, that the, the elements of the world can pollute us and dirty us. I have a feeling there's toxic words out there and, and elements and principalities that, that can um, just erode our joy, erode our relationship with God. And before you know it, we, we lose in our confidence. We're losing our faith and our, our hearts getting a little bit harder. For we know we're believing the lies that the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And we don't have much confidence or stuff. But God's truths can wash over us if we read them and remember them and, and reflect on them. It helps us spiritually. It helps us emotionally. Now, now, what are those truths, again, that need to wash over me? Oh, yes, that's right. I'm a child of God. He is my Abba Father. Oh, that's right. I can do all things through Jesus Christ, who is my strength. Oh, oh that's right. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, oh, that's right. If God is for me, who can be against me? Oh, 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 that's right. And washing. He can wash our minds and souls through the word and truths. Thank you, Jesus, for those gifts of washing and renewing me. And even more than that, we can reflect that he washes our sins away from the cross, right? Oh, thank you for reminding me. Thank you for the elements today. That's right. I'm a sinner, and I am doomed to eternal damnation, but because it's so loved that he interceded for us and sent his son, we celebrated Christmas, and eventually he would be nailed to a cross, and he, he took my sins. Thank you. And Christ offers the gift of salvation. It's a gift of salvation. If anyone would choose to say yes to him, God, I need you. I'm dirty. I need to be washed. What I did, what I said is embarrassing. I regret that. But because of your love, you would be willing to atone by your blood, that it would be forgotten in your eyes. It would be pushed away as far as from the east. This is the way I am free and cleansed in you. And many of you, maybe online, maybe here somewhere in your past, you said yes to Jesus and you received his salvation. Oh, a brand new start in your life. And maybe it was two years ago. Maybe it was 25 years ago. But here's what I want to offer you today, that it doesn't have to start there. That God wants to work in you and through you this new year. God wants to work in you, not what he did 20 years ago, not what he did two years ago. But if we use this question, these five questions, hey, what are you doing in me and through me? Because see, Jesus has an agenda for you. He's kind of like this heavenly parent that has an agenda. How many of you parents or grandparents have an agenda for your grandkids? You want to influence them, right? You want to speak to them. You want to kind of guide them. You're going to try to do your best to teach them because you have a vision. You want the blessings in their life. This is what Jesus has for your life. 
And so sometimes there's some disciplines, absolutely, some boundaries. But a lot of times there's some gifting that comes around because you want the best in their life. This is what Christ is asking these disciples. Do you understand what I've done for you? Because we're going to be on a journey. I'm going to grow you. I'm going to mature you. Life is going to be hard. You're going to be in some very tough relationships, right? And you need to be asking that question, what is God doing and done for me? The Apostle Paul tried to reinforce this with the church of Philippi. And in Philippians 1, 6, he says, Being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ. He began a good work in you. And so he wants to, to develop us and grow us until we are complete in Christ. So, so you have to ask that question, God, what have you done in me? What are you doing? Let me ask you this. Are you the same person that you were 10 years ago? Are you the same person that you were 10 years ago? Uh, are, are you maybe a, a closer follower of Christ than you were 10 years ago? Is there any evolution? Is there any transformation or maturity in your life that you were 10 years ago, right? Could it be that if we start asking these questions this new this month, by the end of this year, that we can, we can grow in our relationship? Oh, let me take time to say, God, what have you done for me? What have you done in me? What are you doing around me? What have you done? Do I understand that? Before you know it, I would, I would submit that a lot of times we start thinking differently. We start acting differently, right? And next thing we know, we're a little bit more secure. We're a little, a little bit more healthy, right? We are embracing his love. See, Christ wanted them to understand his servanthood. Do you understand what I've done for you? I want you guys to model this. I want you to pick up the towel. I want you to find places you can help and, and give and, and care for. But that's kind of horizontally, and that counts absolutely. But more than that, Christ is asking, think vertically. What have I done for you? Can we be in touch, right? Uh, and, and if we start thinking about, God, what have you done for me? Oh, you went to the cross for me. You've been watching over me while I was sleeping. You were there in the pits when I was just scared and desperate and angry and hurt and betrayed. You were there with me. I didn't think about that. Thank you, Christ. And before you know it, we start being transformed and God starts maturing us that we're not as selfish as we used to be. We're being a little bit more sensitive, a lot more grace. We find ourselves being more healthy and trusting and generous, more like Christ. When we start asking that question, God, what? What have you done? Help me understand what you're doing in me, through me, around me. The Apostle Paul uh, was trying to challenge the people, the Christians in Romans, in Romans 12, when he said, do not conform anymore to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed means actually to be changed, to be transfigured, if you will, for, for, to develop from this to, to that, to be transformed and and the only way we can do that is not just showing up to church and giving a little bit of money or something, but to really think about how God is working in our life to be changed by him. And then we can be renewed. And then the renewed word really means to be remodeled. So if you're like remodeling your kitchen or bathroom or something, you, you got to kind of tear things out. You got to deconstruct, if you will. And then there's a, a newness, a brightness of being renewed in our minds. If we're willing to process, to think about that question, God, help me to understand what you're doing through me, 
in me, around me, right? Then there's a blessing. He says, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, anybody need some good will? His pleasing will, his perfect will. Can you imagine discerning and being aligned in Christ vertically, right? That you're able to navigate all the decisions you need to be as a parent, as an employee or employer, right? There's relationships. There's decisions that we have to make in our life. And God, what is your will here? Help me to understand your will because I want to ask God, what are you doing in my life? What are you doing in my mind? Before you know, God gives us these gifts. Before you know it, God is on your side. I don't know about you, but I need to know God's good and perfect will. There's just too much um, temptations and tripwires out there in, in the world. You're trying to be a, a good parent. You're trying to be a good spouse. You're trying to be a good neighbor, uh, a, a community member, a friend, right? And, and God, help me to understand your, your will, your per, good and perfect way, pleasing to you. See, when we start understanding this question, do you understand what I've done for you? We start realizing God wants to work in you and through you this year. God wanted to work in the disciples. He wants to work in you, in you, and through you. Some of you might be, yeah, I, I get that, Jim. I, I'd like for that to happen, but, but how do you get there, right? What are some components of that? Well, I, I think one of those is you've got to hear from God that what he wants to do in your life. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be asking another question. Do you understand what I've said to you? How do you hear from God? How do you know it's God's voice? So you can ask that question. Do you, he asked the, the disciples, do you understand what I've said to you? How do we do that in modern days? Another way we can, we, that God can work in us through us is that we get around others who are pursuing the same things. Find some other people that are pursuing the things of Christ. And before you know it, you're, you're noticing. They're, they're motivating you. You're like, oh, I didn't think about that. that, that that's true. We take some, some risks by maybe volunteering that God starts working in us and through us. Maybe we find a place in the community or in the schools that we can volunteer and just kind of show up, right? Maybe there's, there's places in the church that we can volunteer and engage. And before you know, we're asking this question, what has God done in me and around me? What has God done? Oh, my goodness. I, I didn't realize that I'm not edgy as I used to be. I'm not cursing like I used to. I'm not drinking as much as I used to. God is developing me. I'm more sensitive. I, I give people more, I'm more patient around me. God has, what has God done in me and around me? Can you imagine asking this question, taking time to reflect that? Before you know it, you're praying more. You're apt to forgive more. You're apt to be more patient, right? Before you know it, your spouse is noticing that you're more thankful, you're more secure at work. You're more aware of people's burdens and hurts around you. I have a feeling that we would be better employees. I think we'd be better family members. I think we'd be better spouses. I think we enjoy church more. I think we enjoy life more because we're now we're being connoisseurs of God. What, what are you doing around me? What are you doing in me? I had a blessing of yesterday. I, I took our crazy dog to the, the, the dog park, right? And it was just, I don't, you probably saw it, right? It's just like today, just pristine, gorgeous winter, right? There's crystals all over the, the, the twigs and the trees. And it was just a beautiful day. And, and we can ignore that and just say, hey, get over here, pup. We got to go. Or we can say, God, look at your beauty. 
What are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to remind me of? And before you know your, your, your mental, emotional health is much better. You're not walking around being so selfish and, and criticizing and, and grumpy because you're noticing the things of God. God I, is trying to get our attention. That's what Jesus was trying to say. He says, do you understand what I've done for you? Just the small things, the blessing, but also the eternal things, the spiritual things around us. And before you know it, we can, we can also notice that God wants to work through us, to work through us. Uh, me? Hey, I'm not a preacher. I, I'm not very educated or refined, but yes, God can work through you. And sometimes we got to ask ourselves, God, God, are you, you, you doing anything through me, right? I, I have a suspicion that God has asked you or put you in positions to pick up the towel. Uh, that before you know it, that God's asking you to be a good Samaritan. This, this happened to me this last week. I, I was helping some neighbors, some older widow ladies that couldn't uh, shovel their snow. And I was over there and I was around the block and I got that driveway done. I got my truck. I'm, I'm heading home. I was tired. And, and there was a guy stuck in his driveway with snow. His bumper got caught on the, the dip right there, and there's snow everywhere. And there's this teenager, and they're, and here I come, man. I'm like, oh, no. Right? I'm like, should I stop or not? I'm tired. I got things to do. But I rolled down the window. I was like, hey, you need any help? And sure, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'd love help. All right, let's pull that truck over, right? Let's, let's get out, right? And it wasn't easy, right? We had to get the shovel out of there. And snow flying over. It was a big hassle. Finally, we, we figured it out, and he got out, right? If, you know, the guy's thinking, if I can't get this little car out, then it's going to cost me, what, 100 bucks or more to get a tow truck, right? I get back my truck, you know, no big deal. But that was just a little act of being a good Samaritan. You probably have those opportunities too, right? I have a feeling that God wants to work through you. Let's say it's your workplace. There's, there's probably not too many Christ followers at your workplace, but how you operate at work, your attitude, your demeanor, when, when, when things go bad or you get critiqued, there's some people watching you and you're, you're the hands and feet of Christ. You're out there trying to model who Christ is when everybody else is griping and uh, worried. And, and, and you're, God's asking you to be that example of who Christ is. There's going to be some opportunities where you can be generous and to help people. Maybe you're the person that's like, hey, I'll text someone and say, man, I've been thinking of you. I haven't seen you for a while. I just want to know how you're doing. Maybe you just go as far as sending a note or a sending a little gift card or something like the act of generosity. Before you know it, God is working through you. And you sometimes have to realize, ask yourself, has God worked through me? Oh, maybe I have. Maybe I'm the one that offered to bring the donuts to, to the office, right? And people were a little bit encouraged. Maybe I was the one that texted someone and said, man, I'm, I'm praying for you. I'm, I'm thinking about you. Uh, even in our worst times, God can still use you. Uh, there's a gentleman we've been ministering to that's probably watching online right now. He just went through four hellish months of, of cancer treatment. He had um, cancer in his tonsils and he did the radiation, the chemo is very difficult, very tough, right? And, and he's just been a trooper and, and marched on, but pretty soon he put on his carrying bridge that the doctor says, I'm cured, I'm cured. And, and I was, I was um, um, rejoicing with him, where to go. I, I called him and I was like, good for you, God is so good, he's helping us. And, and I said, I, did, you, did you know that there's other people that I know they're just entering into that slog of chemo and radiation and stuff. And, and would you be willing to talk to these people? Because you've been there. 
And, and, and here's a success story of, of, of God uh, touching your life and blessing you. Well, sure, I'll, I'll help anybody. And that's a way how God can work through us. I, I have a feeling that a lot of times we're so critical of ourselves. And we're like, well, I don't do anything. I, I'm not a very good Christian. I, I don't help anybody. And if we just slow down and say, God, it, have you been working through me? Maybe I have been that, that person. Instead of cussing someone out, they just said, uh, you know, okay, it's okay, right? Or, or, or help someone at the, uh, the grocery store or something like that. Uh, do you understand what I've done through you, Jesus wants to also ask us? Do you understand that I'm using you? Oh, oh yes, I am taking some risk. I am volunteering. I am trying to speak into people's lives. And God starts working through us. So, my friends, don't miss what God wants to do for you and in you and through you this next year. I believe it can transform you spiritually. I believe it can transform you even emotionally if we start looking for what God wants to do in us, for us, and through us. Don't be that person that forgot to open up the Christmas present. That somehow the Christmas tree got put away, the decorations got put away, and maybe in the basement or something like, well, I, there's still a Christmas present. Oh, it's for me, right? And then you open it. Because God has been almost screaming through his nature, his blessings, family, friends, uh, provisions. I love you. I, I'm with you. I want you to recognize this. And don't forget what I've done for you spiritually and eternally. I believe God wants us to ask this question as often as we can and ask it to others. I plan to ask it in my small groups. These questions right here. Do I understand what God has done for me, in me, and through me? Now, in closing, I want to encourage you to take out your cameras, your phones, and take a picture of this. This is your assignment to learn this and hang on to this and ask this as much as you can. Do I understand what God has done for me? Maybe in your quiet time to ask that question. Let's just worship God and remember the things he has done. Has he done anything in me? If your friend says, hey, are you learning anything from God? Is God doing anything in your life? You could answer that. Or how about through me? So take a picture of that so you remember. Because that's Christ's heart. 2,000 years ago, after he washed those feet, that question was, gentlemen, do you understand what I've done for you? And he wanted that question to reverberate throughout world history, even to us today, for us to take this home and use this very uh, proactively. Do you see it? Do you recognize it? What I've done in you, through you, around you, do you understand what I have done? Thank you for, for listening today, being attentive. Thank you for worshiping with us today online in person. You're welcome to just kind of hang, hang out or take off. But let's stand and let's close with prayer this morning. Oh, Father, I'm so thankful that we don't, we're not talking to a harsh, cruel God that if we do one thing wrong, but we're talking to a heavenly Father who loves us, who is just, but also is full of grace and love. Forgive us, God, for not paying attention what you have been doing in us, around us, and through us. Help us to wake up to the blessings and the value that's all around us. Help us to be the connoisseur and to think more vertically than ever 
of what you're speaking into our life and how you're using us, God, that would be more like you. Help our world and community as uh, we go forth this new year. We love you and need you and ask all these things in your name. Amen. Well, God bless. You're dismissed.